Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an indie record label. I hope you guys are holding up well as I record this. We are in the middle of our isolation because of the coronavirus, um, and I, I hope things are going well. I know I've heard from a lot of you, and I, and I still see people listening to the show. Hopefully, it's a good time to listen to podcasts. Um, and I've been connecting with a lot of our listeners on Facebook um, and on YouTube and just trying to make sure that everyone is still kind of working. For me personally, my goal throughout all of this has been basically just to maintain future plans so that um, when this is over, hopefully, um, that I won't be too far behind or that if anything, I'll feel like I'm kind of ahead of schedule so that I'm hearing from other people that that's their their hope as well. Um, And so I really do hope that you're holding up well. Today, we have an incredible episode. I'm really excited. I wanted to mention before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention um, that if you are new to the podcast, um, it, or if you haven't already, to, to check out our website. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of adding more and more resources. But right now, up on our website, otherrecordlabels.com, we do have a free guide for people who are thinking about starting a record label um, or who, who are in the process of running a record label. Some of the condensed wisdom uh, throughout our, our previous episodes are found in that free guide. And you can get that at otherrecordlabels.com. <clears throat> we also are... Starting to put up some helpful content on our YouTube channel, which youtube.com slash other songs. So you can check that out as well. Today I'm talking with uh, Adrian LaBelle from Mint Records, and I'm really excited to share with you today's interview. We actually get a little dark and a little heavy here, but this is important. And today we deep dive into the topic of inclusivity and respect in the music scene. Adrian LaBelle works for Mint Records. Mint is an iconic label home to new pornographers, Nico Case, Supermoon, with over 30 years on the scene. Um, here in Canada and the world, they're an incredibly well-known and respected label. In addition to her work with the label and touring with bands, Adrian has spearheaded a new label initiative focusing on safety for marginalized individuals, people who are more vulnerable to harassment, assault, abuse, violence, um, and exclusion of opportunity. Um, uh, what is amazing about this initiative is that their goal is to make these resources available to everyone, including labels like us, who can benefit from their work and their research on this topic. And And the hope is that we too can create contracts and safety riders, which is a really cool thing we get into, and mission statements that contain the values held by those of us who want to work towards uh, building an inclusive industry. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So let's talk, let's talk about the artists. Um, I had read somewhere that that there was a little bit of an initiative with Mint to amplify voices from artists who aren't well known or underrepresented or marginalized. Is is that true? Is that in the ethos at all? Um. Well, it, yes. I mean, <laughs> yes <laughs> maybe I did. That's Wikipedia's no, no, fault. No, that, no, I'm joking. I don't know where it I was. Would. Probably, I probably said it was probably from my grant application that I sent you. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I mean, so I I think that to be you know clear, it's like I don't think that when Mint started, the point was to like you know be okay some you know like yeah 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 it, like that wasn't like intentional. It just was happening, and sure. so like you know one one of the first bands that Mint 
signed was um, Cub, which was like Randy, the one of the co-founders, his sister was the guitar player of Cub. She would sit on the side of the stage. <laughs> if you know about Cubs, uh, <laughs> that was their thing for a bit. Um, okay. But anyway, so, but that was like the first band. They were all women and, you know, like it was, uh, and, you know, it just, the trend kind of continued and it, that was like, you know, 1992. So that, right. you know, it's not like women weren't playing music. It's just that you, it, it, it wasn't super normal to see like an indie rock band that was all women. And so yeah. they, it, um, and then, you know, like Nico Case uh, kind of got involved with the label and, and um, you know, it just, mm -hmm. it's, it's been a lot of women and like, you know, like a lot of, um, you know, and also kind of just like artists that are outside of the mainstream as far sure. as, um, you know, like we're not, we're not putting out like super like pop records. Yeah. There. Yeah. Sometimes they're weird. And some, it's like, it's a lot of kind of, I, I think the point was to just like capture the Vancouver scene at, at, when it started and it's expanded beyond that, but there's still like a lot of similar, values that the artists that we work with share and especially now i think like um i mean i can't speak beyond my time there but i i definitely now that i have a bit of a say in what we're doing i i've yeah. kind of <laughs> i've kind of been really trying to make sure that we're um thinking about who we're supporting and whose voices we're amplifying and who we're like, yeah, who we're yeah. engaging with and, I, I think and it, how. I think from labels, and I, and I want to ask more labels, but I mean, a lot of labels will put this on their website. that It's a statement, um, part of their mission statement. But I, I think a lot of labels have to be active in this, in representing people who are underrepresented because um, the industry has been so active in suppressing them for so long. So I feel like a lot of labels have to kind of actually say that we're looking for more marginalized artists intentionally yeah i think so too and and i've been we've been you know it's like it's hard because we only put out like four or five releases a year so oh, we have okay. to be really yeah, like yeah. careful yeah with like how we're choosing sure that. and yeah. but then there's also like you know if a band that was on the label that's right a few years ago is like we've got a new record it's like hard to be like no we're making <laughs> space you know it's yeah, just no. it's <laughs> it's not as easy as it is to just say on Twitter, let's do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. And so, yeah, yeah it, but we are trying to be intentional about that. And like, and if we're not, and if, you know, like if our bands, like for me, something is like, you know, build diversity. Like if our band, if we have a band that's all like four white dudes playing indie rock, then like we, we, I'd like to make sure that that whole bill isn't a bunch of white dudes right. playing indie rock. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. Um, so, and, you know, even if your band or like your, you know, just like asking our bands and asking ourselves, like whether what we're, um, what we're doing and like whether our actions are actually matching up with what we're saying we're mm. trying to do. Um, I don't think there's yeah. any, I don't think there's any, uh indie rock bands that are just four white dudes. So I don't think that exists. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, they all got canceled. They, so they're all gone. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this um, new initiative regarding inclusivity and safety. I, this is an incredible thing. This is really what I want to talk about today. Um, mm -hmm. You recently received a grant for this project. Can you tell us, um, give us kind of an overview about this? Yeah, for sure. So, um, 
Yeah, Mint uh, just recently received a grant from um, Amplify uh, Creative B through Creative BC. Um, they have an industry initiatives um, project grant. Uh, so I uh, I wanted to. So Mint has been yeah like on the same uh, trajectory. Like we've been talking about. Um, codes of conduct and policy and looking at like, um, you know, the label started with two like college students who wanted to put out music and it's like, sure. um, the times have changed so much that like that, that kind of like <laughs> carefree, like we just want right. to support music. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's not, uh, it's not really the reality anymore yeah. because when you do sign more like, diverse bands and with diverse members who have various, you know, like things that prevent them from accessing the same kind of like resources and respect as like other bands who might just based on their looks and experience, whatever. Um, it's just, you, you have to kind of take into account that, uh, there needs to be more policy in place in order to protect those people. Um, mm. Because when they like, and I, you know, so this, I, <laughs> uh, it started because I, you know, I had been touring for years and, um, I've, you know, as either the only woman in a band or as a woman in a band with only women mm. going into spaces with, you know, where we'd encounter all kinds of like really challenging up, up to like actual assault like right, you know right. challenging behaviors challenging sure. attitudes like sexism racism there's so many different kinds of things that like you just going to the venue to play a show is like you're already like exhausted by the time you get to the stage because you've just had to fight like five fights with people sure to get like basic respect so like the project started from my kind of being fed up with this like and where system. was and sorry, where was that coming from? Is that is that coming from everyone? Like, are we talking about promoters? Um, yeah, sound men. I mean, like, like sound, <laughs> sound men are like the number one. <laughs> comment, I would say. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, like, sorry, to our... um, like, but like security, like <laughs> sure. at venues, have yeah. been really horrendous with some of our folks. Okay. Um, that's ironic. Yeah, and and you know, just like yeah. It, even like other bands, right. like yeah, people uh, yeah, won't even sure. talk to you. Sometimes you walk in and you're like, Hey, we're the band that's opening for you. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, sure. you know, it's just, um, just there's like microaggression upon microaggression yes, and then like right. up to like really bad behavior that right. is like results in like actual trauma. So, so you not to say that microaggressions don't either. No, but anyway, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you experienced yeah. and you saw how bad this all was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of in this position now where like I started on the label as an artist and now that I'm able to do more, I'm kind of like explaining what some of our artists have been going through. And then it's not just me. Like I uh, started going to conferences in the like the last two years and started talking to more and more women, like people, but in general, but like women specifically who are encountering the same thing on the industry side as well. And like, obviously artists are still facing it, but you know, to know that like, it's not just artists, like industry, like there's so much that happens. That's just like, we all just kind of, 
I don't know. It's like you have this um, feeling like you're lucky to be there, you know, like mm. it's like, <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So you don't want to like ruffle that, the feathers. Yeah. But, yeah. That's a great way um, of putting it. Yeah. But then, you know, it's like if your whole, like half of your job is just like dealing with bullshit yep. and like yeah. you can't get your job done. Yeah. So basically uh, after many conversations with people talking about like we need policy so that like the, the work isn't ours, like we can like point to a piece of paper saying like this is unacceptable. The label, you know, like. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, no, so sure. with with the um, the actual like grant, the, the idea. So we mint process started. Um, we do an annual Christmas party, um, the ridiculously early Christmas party okay. every year. It's usually like late November, early December. Yeah. And we decided two years ago that we would hire um, Good Night Out Vancouver, and they're like a local organization although good night out is an international organization that's like um it's for venues i think it started out mostly for like venue like bar and venue training for security and staff to mm -hmm. like um first of all it's uh you know, they train you on like bystander training so that if you witness like an assault or if you witness someone who's like being harassed, yeah. they like teach you skills to like intervene in a like non-confrontational way. Sure. And, like yeah. just like, and then, you know, stuff for venues, um, you know, like, so some of the things that they have on their safety tip sheet is like, um, requesting that if the, um, if there are women security guards that they be working, there's at least one working that night so that, you know, if someone doesn't feel comfortable being, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like that there's, there's options. And also that like, um, you know, like believe survivors. So like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like there's, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes when you're like navigating, um, you know, like abuse and uh, like people who have, you know, who don't feel safe in a space because of A, B, and C. And sure. so, so if you talk to staff at venues before the show starts and like make sure that they're aware that that's something that you take seriously for your artists and for your community, then that would hopefully, you know, like decrease the chances of the people who are most um, vulnerable to like that they can just enjoy themselves and not have to be worried yeah. about like that so, happening. Um, so that's like the first part. Yeah. Okay. So, but is this is the artist themselves supposed to give this to the venue like um uh, that puts them i think doesn't that put them in an uncomfortable position oh yeah for sure um so the so so like what uh what we did was like that was for our one show okay. so we um we had the show booked at a local venue and we offered them this training like we offered as a label to pay to do the training because it costs, you know, it's like a service. It okay. costs money. And they refused. <laughs> wow. They didn't want to do it. And the so venue moved, didn't want to do it. Yeah, the venue didn't want to do wow. it. Wow. And so we moved the show. Um and that, you know, nothing changed for that venue. Like we don't like, you know, but sure. um, you know, but other venues are doing it now and so the thing is that then that's not on the artist it's like hopefully that we can make sure that you're playing in places that 
are <laughs> receptive to this kind right. of thing. Right. And whether, you know, and even if they don't do the full on training. So another thing that um, like good night out Vancouver um, gave to us as part of our training that we did um, uh, was like a resource you know, safety resource list, um, safety tip sheet that you can hand to the venue, like as an artist, or maybe if you have a tour manager that they deal with that or like yeah. the label or, or the booker booking agents. Like I think booking agents could be using this when they're booking the shows and sending. And so what they said is like, um, a, a safety rider. So, yes, I know, love like, this idea. Yeah. So like if you're sending in a writer saying that you need like Maker's Mark and like salt and vinegar chips yeah. or whatever. Uh, you're also don't saying know, don't abuse for me. For instance, <laughs> that's what's, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, salt and vinegar uh, chips you know, like, and no salt. <laughs> yeah. And no salt. Just like as a little extra gift. As just extra, um, if you have that. Yeah, like a little respect and a little decency. Respect. <laughs> like, um, oh you know, and I think that the thing is, is that like people are either going to do it or they're not. Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot can be gained from like uh, the people who are setting up the shows and booking the shows and supporting the artists are like that they can do that work. So the artist can focus on just like playing a good show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? So with this initiative, what do you hope to create? Is there something like tangible? Is there a, a packet or or a resource or a website? Yeah. So um, so the first part is like we are um, we have teamed up with uh, Elevate Inclusion. They are like a consultant. Um, uh, they're consulting with us to help us to draft our own labels, um, code of conduct and policy. So okay. um, we don't have one right now. Um, we do like individual um, contracts with artists for records, but up until recently, those didn't contain anything about anything beyond the recordings and yeah. the music. Yeah. So, um, and so we're changing that and we're also making our own like for our business for like the the employees at at mint which there are four of us but only three full-time um you know to make sure that we are aware of what we're saying we're doing right yeah <laughs> and we're put and we're putting in the time together and we're talking to this consultant developing a list of like what are the key elements to this code and then not only that but how do we back those up and that was where we were running into trouble because it's like you can say all those things and you can do all those things but um when things inevitably go wrong which they will <laughs> like yeah. you know you, yeah. you cannot control everything who deals with it and how and sure. that's the that's the part that's like really key to this initiative i think is like um, making sure that when people are signing on to things, saying that they're being inclusive and they're like safety minded, that, that there is actual like training and plans in place for what happens when something goes wrong and right. how, like who, who is it that's dealing with it? Because if that's not determined often, it just kind of gets looked over. Like you kind of deal with it and say like, I'm really sorry that happened. Mm -hmm. 
and then there's not much more that happens I find. So, um, for us, like we haven't yet figured that out. Um, so one of the things that the, um, people were talking about, uh, like that were the consultants were talking about was, uh, um, outsourcing that. So like having someone on retainer to deal with HR issues, if you don't have an HR department, which I feel like most indie labels sure. don't have yeah, an HR right, department, right. <laughs> you know, so figuring out if there is someone that you can team up with so that if something happens, you are, you can send your artist to this, or you can go to this person and figure out That's how cool. you can how to do it. Um, and so then also like the, the extension beyond that is like, so once we develop this code to what we, works for us, we will be hiring an entertainment lawyer to go over it and make sure that everything's like legal mm -hmm. and everything's okay. And, um, and then we will publish it on our website. And so we have like this, the goal is to by September, have a resource on our website that can be accessed that so that other labels can kind of model off wow. of that and like yeah so, and so you're that, you're giving this to other people yeah wow um that's awesome yeah. yeah because like the i mean the thing is like good night out and um in toronto like the dandelion initiative are doing this kind of work um there's a lot of organizations doing this kind of work and I think that it's important to team up with them and so it's like beyond doing your you know your own thing in your own company um and like you would make your own so like we would be providing kind of templates sure. and, and so the other thing that I forgot to mention is that we're also going to be basing the codes and the policies off of like, we're going to survey our artists and ask them what's important to them. Very and cool. so, yeah. So like make sure, and even the, like the community and like put it out there to like have. And so that would be another resource that we could share as like a, a template for a, a questionnaire that you could change to your liking, but like just so that you can, you know, have somewhere to start if you don't, if you don't, if you haven't experienced depression, maybe you right. don't know what questions to ask, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, and so like, yeah, asking your community, like what is important to you to feel safe at a show or, you know, like what's missing from our scene, what's missing from the label, like what could we be doing better? Um, and that's something that like, when you're so busy with so many releases and deadlines it's just like it really is hard to make time for it but yeah. um it's like i think it could really change the way that music can be experienced for people who have struggled in the past with like not being safe at shows <laughs> Um, yeah. and even like it prevents people from even trying at all. Like, you know, like people might not want to tour as much because like maybe you go out and something really terrible happens and you're just like, well, <laughs> touring's yeah. not for me because I don't really feel like getting assaulted every week. Yeah. You know? yeah absolutely. Well, I thought that was one of the things that when I read your grant application, I thought that was really interesting is that not only is abuse uh is it like gatekeeping uh, women out of the music industry but it's affecting their income and which is affecting the economy and i think that's that's kind of really cool to think about like that, that's something that a lot of us haven't thought about of course abuse yeah. is bad but how it affects the economy is very interesting 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now is like an interesting time. We're thinking about like yeah. the economy dictating how we like make these decisions. But like, you know, it's like if if you compare it to like, you know, like the American healthcare system right now, like I think like the, the touring and like the music business is broken mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it it's like it has been built around alcohol sales and like, Oh, totally. Um, you know, like people get it, you know, like it's, it's built around things that are no longer that don't work with the way that the world is now. And so it's like this kind of reframing, I think for a lot of people, especially if it's been like fun and easy and shows have just been like good times, then they, they kind of get annoyed with this kind of talk because, um, it's like, a bummer <laughs> and I'm like you know what it's also a bummer when you're like trying to play a show and then like someone grabs your breast <laughs> or sure. like you're right. like you know like right. it's kind of a bummer when you walk into a venue and the sound guy like asks you whose girlfriend you are or right. whatever yeah, like, yeah that stuff still happens which is like sure outrageous Absolutely. and people think that we're beyond it but we're not and like yeah. that sound guy is like who's been sitting behind that soundboard since the 70s yeah. is like <laughs> he's just like clinging on for dear life but he still has so much power that's right uh, yeah to ruin a show and like like i said that tour in july really like you know that was like necking's first tour they're a band of all women mm-hmm. they're not all white women it's like their tour manager was a white woman but like you know so yeah. like five of us going into a venue together no man in sight like yeah I can't think of one show where like something didn't come up where we didn't have to kind of like figure some really serious shit out to like deal with it, you know? Wow. That's unbelievable. That was like a 10 day tour. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's crazy. For a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, and I have done that and that's why I'm like, I, (laughs) I mean, I've, I've, I'm a road dog. <laughs> I've done a lot of touring and I've experienced a lot of things. And like you say, that economic thing, like that's, you know, like I got home from a tour in 2017, right before Me Too, <laughs> like oh, right before. Yeah. And, you know, like I couldn't work for months. Like I, I couldn't work for about three months because I couldn't deal with the amount of like trauma that sure. had like been building up it wasn't just like one tour but yeah. it was like that was like kind of the end it was like I'd been going on tour since 2011 and after six years of like doing that I was just like done and right. I was just you know and that's uh, it's like working new- at like a nuclear plant and getting all this like radiation exposure <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah totally yeah oh man that's crazy so let me so we're putting together you're putting together this resource for labels that eventually will be able to have a template um, to mm-hmm. to I- issue their own statement, make their own kind of contract. But what are some like micro changes that we can make ourselves at, at various levels? Like, you know, artists interacting with other artists or labels interacting with artists and industry folk. Do you have any advice there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think about conferences a lot because that's like conferences are like the place where I, you know, at, at shows you don't really talk to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's too loud. Um, sure. and then like, and then when you're doing business, like doing work, you know, like you're usually just interacting b- with the people in the industry 
based on whatever it is their job is in relation to you. So it's like when we're talking to our publicists, we're not really talking about that stuff. And like when we're talking to our radio promo people, we're not talking about that. Like, um, so I think that like, I mean, one thing that started in Vancouver that I realized isn't a thing elsewhere is like, um, land acknowledgement at the start of a show and like, right. and, and not making it empty and also, you know, like donating, you know, like, I sure. mean, it's obviously like, you know, uh, like, uh, the, what's happening with the Wet'suwet'en is in, that's in BC and that's like, wow. but it's not just BC, it's Canada. Like yeah. if you recall, like Canada was shut down before this happened, <laughs> before COVID Canada was shut down yep. because people were protesting. Yep. And I think, and I, I know that that maybe doesn't seem related to music, but it's like, it is, it's so, because it's the same, it's the same, it's oppression. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like, by acknowledging oppression and not just kind of bulldozing over yeah, it and like yeah. saying that this isn't a problem. There's a lot that people can do in there, you know, so like you make a Facebook event, um, you acknowledge that this is stolen land yeah. and that whose land it is. And like, maybe you've, um, donated, like some places have, like some bands have land funds, you know, you That's can pay, I never you can pay that. rent. Yeah. yeah. So something that I started doing for, you know, like I book tours sometimes for our bands, even though that's not really my job, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I help book tours and I put together itineraries and I've started doing research and seeing for each city, like whose land are we on? I know that Sasami, you know, Sasami, uh, Sasami, I don't know how to say it. Okay. Um, she just put out a record last year and she's really been doing a lot of that um, very publicly. Um, I think she was working with a group called Seeding Sovereignty. Okay. And they like, so for all of her tour date announcements, they, there's like the regular name that people are you know know and then there is the like indigenous name yeah. of like whose territory are my playing in today and who can That's you really support interesting. yeah and the, yeah, the donating so thing like, is so much more than just making a claim which I, I haven't even heard i've never heard an artist do that even yeah, make a claim let alone donate yeah yeah and it, it's been happening a lot more especially given the like kind of more media and like more urgent and urgency and direct action that people have been doing. Like a lot of people in the Vancouver music scene were standing, you know, helping to, to amplify the voices of their indigenous like peers. And, sure. um, and, and that's really important. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, music is like a really amazing way to bring people together and it's also a really amazing way to like draw attention to things that need to be <laughs> paid yeah. attention to. Yeah. And so, yeah, like the Facebook page thing, um, not just the acknowledgements, but then we were also talking about safety acknowledgements. And so if you're saying on your every event that your label does, you put at the bottom, this is a safer space. We've like done work to try and ensure that like everyone is feels safe at our at our events and like yeah. you know so that and that's more messaging that um good night out and like other other groups like that have samples that you can use and we'll be basing ours off of theirs and yeah a lot um a lot of festivals have that kind of messaging now like i know sled island has done a lot to um 
make sure that they have a lot of postering up at venues. At, um, and yeah, it's just like making sure that people are aware that um, safety is a consideration. And then if, if some, if, and knowing that there's a place to go to, if you have an issue yeah, and, yeah. and, and knowing what to do um, and, and, and making sure that that person who is the person receiving the information is like compassionate sure, <laughs> and not, that's right. not just, dis- not dismissive yes. because that's, that's the biggest issue is that if you say that your space is safe and that you're trying and that you've like designated people to deal with safety issues, but then when someone's like in a situation and they can't find you and then they do find you and then you dismiss them, that's, right. that's just, that's even worse. it's like even worse. Yes. Yeah. So, so this is um, interesting I mean, on a practical level. I, I love the idea of this being put in writing on Facebook event pages and, and on posters. Like, do you think there is, would you or somebody be able to provide like verbiage that people could copy and paste to yeah. use? Because I feel like, yeah. I mean, I think that's great. I just, I, I wouldn't know what to say. Yeah, for sure. And that's where we've kind of found ourselves stuck. And that's why, mm-hmm. that's why this project is happening. Because it's like, I made it my personal project to do this kind of in my spare time when I'm like not busy with the, the reg- regular right. label work. But it's like, right. it's, there's a lot and it's, and it's hard to like know what to say. And also like, you do want to have a lawyer look it over because um, you can be liable if you say that you're going to do something oh, and then wow. you're, you're not, you know, sure. it's like um, you do have to kind of be able to back up what you're saying if you're going to put it in writing, you know, especially in like contracts and stuff. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. So it, you do want to be careful, but um, like, yeah, so there are a lot of resources. I've been collecting them for the last like two years. I've got like a little folder. And so, but I still haven't, you know, I'm like working on yeah. it. Um, but I think you doing like doing this grant and having like a proper like timeline and a budget and like other people to consult with is like what is going to need to happen to make sure that that messaging is like really well thought out and not just me being like, Oh, and this sucks too. <laughs> put yeah. that in there, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, which is like what I could do for days, but <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I think, yeah. So there is messaging that's already out there. Um, like I, I said, good night out is a campaign that's, it started in the UK, but Vancouver has a chapter. They've been a really amazing resource. They do all kinds of workshops. They, you can hire them for individual events. They have a street team that like, um, is out on Granville street, which is like the like club district. It's like gross. (laughs) They like shut down the street and there's just like cops everywhere, like policing drunk people. And it's like horrendous. But so they have a street team that's out there. That's like every weekend making sure that people are, have someone to like talk to if they don't want to talk to a cop, (laughs) you know, like, um, interesting. So, and like, yeah, the Dandelion Initiative, I was just looking at their website. I know Arts and Crafts, were, I talked to Bled from Arts and Crafts. He said that they did a workshop um, with Dandelion Initiative. And I've also been talking with Six Shooter in Toronto, and they are also looking at codes of conduct right now. So Awesome. Um, yeah, so there is like a bit of a thing happening, and it's just... Um, 
it's really inspiring. And yeah, the more people I talk to about it, the more people seem to really want to be involved and like want to do it. So I think the thing is, is just like as much as it sucks to be that guy who's like, hey, we're all having fun, but let's talk about a song. Yeah, but like it sucks. I don't want to be that guy. But like, unfortunately, I also don't want to be the guy who like carries trauma forever. That's right. Uh, Yeah. Because I'm like a musician. Well, and I, I like I like the idea of of um, sending it ahead of time, talking about the issue ahead of time in the emails when you're booking things and before it's an issue. And because the, then when it's an issue, I imagine if you're going up to a festival organizer during the festival while they're dealing with, <laughs> you know, to- oh, yeah. uh, like overflowing toilets and all that stuff, like th- that yeah. they wouldn't be very receptive. But to get it all done ahead of time, I think that's a, a brilliant thing. For sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Send it with the contract for the show. Like book, like book, give it to the book. If you're working with a booking agent, you give the, you know, you give your both contracts, the, uh, or both, uh, sorry, writers, you know, (laughs) your, uh, your safety writer and your like whatever refreshments, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) your safety and your treats. (laughs) The the funny thing. Yeah, exactly. The safety thing is free. It doesn't cost the venue anything. Yeah, exactly. And yet it's so much harder to obtain. (laughs) Right, right. That's crazy. Yeah, we would much rather give you um, red M&Ms than safety. (laughs) For sure. Well, it's just, it's like, that's a lot of work. But that's the thing is that if you then, like, if bands in their town or labels, like, I do think labels, managers, like anyone in the industry, really, who has, like, artists' best interests in mind, uh, you know, you can reach out see if your community has one of those organizations like good night out there's so many of them sure. like uh she, yeah like she said so i don't they're more of like a policy thing but you know there's a lot of information out there and i will yeah i mean i can post some of it on the uh, facebook group for this yeah. and or like send to you sure. what i have That'd now be awesome. but, I, well, but i also will be updating like by September, <laughs> this project is April till September. So by September, we should have um, everything kind of ready to go to be shared and to be like widely used by whoever needs it. And then the other thing is like getting out to conferences and stuff. I like one of the other things is like conferences always now have this like diversity. There's always one. <laughs> Right. There's always one panel and it's usually on Sunday morning when most people have gone home <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's diversity dive or it's, you know, like safety in the music, inclusion yeah. in the music industry. Sure. And it's like, it's always just kind of like a, okay, we did it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I've like talked to a lot of people who've been involved in those and it's been really um, apparent that like we've all noticed that when it comes to it, there's not a lot of follow through, even like at the events, like you're at the event of this festival or conference that's saying that they're prioritizing safety, but then like you can look around and see like many examples of things that are like not, and I like, that is not, Mm -hmm. I understand how difficult it is to run a festival. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of moving parts, but it's just the whole thing of this is just to try and change the way that we value that 
part of it yeah. and like make it just as important as to making sure you have a sound person and like yeah. working amps or whatever. I think the whole, what I've noticed about a lot of the Me Too movement is is shining a light on these dark areas where people have been able to hide and get away with things. And, yeah. you know, and it, it, yeah, and I, I get it how the people who are shining this light um, seem like party poopers or they're, you know, but um, people are getting away with a lot at festivals and in, and in, in Hollywood and in venues and um, all you're doing is shining a light, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. Like I used to have fun at shows. Right. <laughs> like, I like when I started playing music, I didn't think about any of this stuff. It was like, great. I could just waltz in somewhere and like Pick up but, well. But let the, me ask you, you, you know. it, 2017, I think, was the Me Too, you said. But, yeah. like, are you are things getting better? I mean, you did a tour recently, and you said it, it every day you experience something. Like, <laughs> I, I would expect, I would I would be excited about about the time that we're in, thinking that, you know, the time that my, my daughter's a musician, that she won't, mm-hmm. she won't experience anything like this, that this will be completely foreign. Like, do you have hope for the future. I mean, obviously you do, you're putting this together, but (laughs) like, are things gradually improving? (laughs) Yes and no. Um, I think, uh, I think as long as, um, so long as like the people who are affected by it are doing all of the work, I don't think that things are going to change. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. That's I, a great statement. Yeah. And I mean, I've, that's all what I've seen, you know, yeah. it's like, I, I, I've begged people for help, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm saying like, it's really exhausting for me to do this work. Cause I already lived through all this. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to be writing this policy. Like I wish that someone else would do this for me so that I can just like write an album. Like yeah, I'm, tra- right. I'm trying to, True. I'm also an yeah. artist. Like I'm trying to yeah. write an album, but I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I, I don't want to tour an album in the kind of environments that I've already been through. Like, and yeah. that's not to say that it's all been bad because it hasn't all been bad. And you know what? I've been like super, super lucky to be involved in so many small communities that are super supportive and welcoming mm. and that this, and it's not even a question because, um, you know, like, yeah, like, like, shitty bars are going to be shitty bars, you know, like, yeah. like, so like, don't play that's a great shitty t-shirt. bars, but <laughs> yeah, but like, um, but you know, that's not the reality for everyone. Like sometimes you have to play in shitty bars if yeah. you want your yeah. band to be heard. Yeah. So Especially genres. Like, every, every, you know, there totally. are, yeah. Depending on the genre, you might feel safer in a certain genre. Uh, I, I imagine there's, I'm just totally stereotyping, but jazz musicians might feel safer than, uh, an all-girl rock band or something. Yeah, for sure. And like, there's a certain like, uh, you're treated differently based on whatever you know. Like, yeah. but uh, you you walk in a girl with a guitar, it's like, oh, geez. That's like, right. That's right. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's just so many things that you have to deal with. But yeah, I I don't think it's <sighs> so. Here's an. <laughs> Here's how I feel like I can answer this question. I I left my house yesterday for the first time and I drove to the jam space to get my amp because I was like, oh, if we're on full lockdown, I'd like to have my amp in my apartment. So I went and got that and uh, 
when I was coming back, I was listening to CBC and uh, on the radio and uh, the Massey lecture series was being played <laughs> on ideas. Okay. And um, my dad, <laughs> my 76 year old father yeah. had given me the like um, book version of the most recent one for Christmas. Okay. And I had read it and I promise this is relevant. Um, okay. <laughs> um, and it was called Power Shift and it was like a in a five-part series, a uh, uh, look at women in the world through history. And um, basically it was really depressing. Oh, <laughs> really? really? But really informative. And um, I love the Massey lectures. Yeah. I like, I really recommend listening to it. It's pretty upsetting at parts, but I'm, I mean, I actually didn't listen to it. I read the book, but I'm um, put that I book did on listen. <laughs> I did listen to the it when it was on the radio and you can find it online the podcast of it. Um yeah, and it was just talking about like these trends of like women in history and like you know, obviously women aren't the only people who are oppressed by right. the industry, etc. so I don't mean to like exclude yeah. other marginalized groups, but my experience is mostly based on my gender. So, um and the book just, yeah. So my idea of like being hopeful is just that I think that like things come in waves and right now there's kind of a backlash to the Me Too movement. Yeah, like I think sure. that it's, it's actually harder in some senses. And also a lot of people are asking women to like explain oppression to them and like <laughs> do that work of like yes. ex explaining well, their experience and stuff. Well, that's and so I know that. It's so fascinating. It a lot. <laughs> sorry to sorry to interrupt, but it's so fascinating what you were saying about wanting to write an album. This is the exact the definition of of privilege. When as myself as a, a male artist, a white male artist, like you know, we have this privilege, and but that the privilege right there is that I don't have to write a grant application for safe spaces. I can write an yeah. album. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can totally. I have a head start. Because I don't have, I have a head start over you because I don't have to deal with this stuff yeah. first. <laughs> totally. That's and so interesting. Like, yeah. And that's like that. And, you know, I'm a somewhat privileged white woman. Like I have so much more advantage over other people to be able to even have this job and right. be able to write that grant. Sure. So it's like, I'm aware of my place as well. And, and, you know, it's like, but the thing is like, if we all kind of do a bit more if we like examine our place and in our scene and like look at how much privilege we have like relatively and then like look at who's around and who could use that support mm -hmm. and like maybe there's something you can do wherever um that can like help alleviate some of that that work um yeah. so that that work doesn't have to be just done by those who are already oppressed right. like um, and, and, you know, like the change isn't going to happen without those people either. Cause you can't fix other people's problems without knowing what they are. Um, yeah. which is like, yeah. I mean, that's like colonialism, right. like, you know, like we can't, yes. we can't just like be like, <laughs> I know what's best for to you. To learn English so. and to forget yeah. your language. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's not about taking over, but it is about standing alongside people, listening, showing up for them and like being a true ally. And that's like, um, you know, 
it's hard to do. Um, everyone's busy <laughs> yeah. and it's like, it's, it's, uh, but it is, you know, I feel like this moment in time is a very good moment to be, you know, like we all have, we all have some downtime. Yeah, we have some downtime. Uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like there's no one, <laughs> there's nobody <laughs> who should, who's like absolutely too busy right now. That's I mean, right. I understand yeah, yes, yeah. people have like a lot sure. going on anyway, but yeah. you know. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I've got to and put my, that. Yeah, go ahead. Or just think, like my hope is that, you know, like we all had to deal, like we're dealing with venues like shutting and like once we reopen everything, you know, like I just do feel like this is a really amazing opportunity fresh for, start. for people like, you know, employees at venues. Yes. Like if you're, a, if you're a bartender, you do the door at a venue, like maybe, you know, like whatever, like you bring it up to your, you know, and I understand, you know, I totally understand that people's jobs are, you know, you don't want to, it's the no, same as like, you don't want to, you don't want to piss off the landlord. You I don't want to piss saying. off the boss, but yeah. there's no harm in saying, what if, what if we tried doing this? <laughs> yeah. What if we tried a little harder to just like, you know, I think security is a big one security and like just general, like um, just like, tr like training, there's a lot of trainings that are like not to do with service industry or like entertainment industry, just like general, like how to be a good person yeah, training, know, like, right? you know, like how to deal with, you know, like you learning about learning about racism and, yeah. and, uh, you know, stuff like you can do a lot of like anti-oppression workshops online, probably, you know, yeah. you know, educate, educate people can educate themselves on like where other people are coming from without asking of the other person to do that well, labor for them. And I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that some of this stuff it isn't mandatory or doesn't become mandatory, especially in Canada. Um, I, I love this country, but um, I, my my um, relative was coaching hockey this year and had to go through tons of training with, um, you know, learning the the uh, the um, different uh, gender concerns and um, and so he went through. And that was all mandatory to, in order to be a coach. And so, yeah, I, I'm, you know, hopefully that that can be the case for for sound men as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I looked at the Dandelion website today, actually, I was just looking because I was curious. I hadn't looked in a while. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, oh God, I have so many, <laughs> like twenty million windows. Um, where is it? Anyway, it, it said that it is. There was something about in Ontario it being mandatory to have some kind of training, but now I can't find it. Yeah. Anyway, if yeah. you look at the Dandelion Initiative website, there is a thing that says that in Ontario, I don't know if it was about harassment or anyway, it was something relevant, and it was it it looked like it was it was actually mandatory for an establishment to have some kind of training. So yeah. I think like that is super well, key. And yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, certainly starting with, I mean, I mean, this is an issue that's probably even a, a bigger issue with clubs and, and bars, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's definitely, uh, I, I saw something online. It was kind of like trending, um, was like a, a sign that you, that bars put in the bathroom and a, a woman can, 
It's a, it's a if you need them to call the police, you order a certain drink. How, did you yeah, see this? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that, um, that's well, totally one of the, like, Good Night Out does that. Um, I love that. They also have, one of the things that they also do is, like, little coasters with little tips on it, like, about consent and oh, about, like, cool. what is consent and what is not consent. And, yeah, like, yeah, the special drink, um, there's... There's a lot of little things that people can do. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like the other thing is like, I think one of the most important things, like when you ask for like tangible, like what can I do Um, when you're at a show, if you're going to shows eventually, hopefully we all get to go to shows again Um, when you're at a show. And like, if you notice that someone is being harassed and harassment can look different. Mm. And that's one of the things that the, the training can do is like alert you to like what I think something that comes up a lot is that like a lot of women are kind of like women are naturally like always on alert at, sure. you know, like, because it just happened and you don't think about it cause it just happens so often. But like, I'm, I'm usually very aware of what's going on around me. Okay. And I think, and I think that, um, that kind of, trying harder to be aware of what's happening around you if you're someone who doesn't have to worry about that stuff like so like one of the things that happened at the Christmas party that like kind of kicked this all off was we did this training and um it was mostly men who volunteered to do the training which I found interesting and I was maybe one of two women there Mm. other, other than the people putting on the training and um I think a I, I was surprised. So a lot of the beginning of it is a lot of statistics just about like rape culture and about like harassment and about what things like kind of look like for people and with a lot of statistics and numbers. And I think a lot of the men were like shocked at how mm. prevalent it was. And I was just sure. like not shocked. Right. And, you know, and then we go and we go to the Christmas party like a week later, a few days later and the volunteers who did the training are like there and they're they're helping out and um trying to just like monitor the dance floor make sure that people are feeling okay and at the end of the night there was a dude who went came in and he was just like i what he just like went from woman to woman and he was just like trying to get one of them to like go home with him i guess right. like he was just like just really like predatory. You could yeah. watch him just yeah. go around the room and I was watching. And then someone, someone, one of the volunteers like finally came up and was like, what should we ask me yeah. <laughs> what to do with this guy? And I'm like, he's going to, he's targeting women. <laughs> like, why are you asking me to deal with this right. guy? Like uh, right, we right. all just did the same training and it's just like, you know, and I mean, yeah. I don't fault anyone, but it's sure. just like, it kind of puts things into perspective when you're like, you realize that like, I've been, I've been aware of this behavior. I haven't seen him do anything super bad yet, but I've already, like, I already tried to distract him and get him to like, leave someone alone, like checking in with someone. Like if you're like, you know, if someone looks like they're like uncomfortable because someone's talking to them and they want them to go away, you know, like you go up and you interrupt and like, there are just like little things like that, that you can do. But like, I think that, I think that a lot of people just like aren't really, I mean, comfortable with that, which is like totally understandable. But well, then- and I find, 
I find when I see something happen, this happened a couple of weeks ago and, and uh, in a grocery store, and I, I find it paralyzing. Like I just find you totally. see something and you're going, this is what we were just talking about and now I'm seeing it in real life and I'm just paralyzed. I'm just like, like yeah. I'm just shocked and it's almost funny. Like it's not the act is funny, but it, I'm just, I'm frozen yeah. and I all I can do is nervously chuckle and then, you know, play it over in my head a million times on the drive yeah, home. For sure. And, and like, I mean, I've found myself in that situation. It's, it, it's, it's a totally reasonable thing. I, I think one thing that, you know, like makes me feel better is that if, if, if I see it happen and I, if I happen to still be there after it happens, if I didn't intervene, sometimes I just like to go and just like check in with the person and just be mm. like, Hey, I didn't want to interrupt in case like it, I couldn't tell what the dynamic was, but you seem, I'm, I just want to make sure you're okay. And just like, sure. even, even that, like if something shitty happens to you and you're all alone yeah. <laughs> and then like you see that people are witnessing it and then they still do nothing and say nothing. That's like, that is worse almost yeah. because it's like, we're used most people who <laughs> experience oppression are used to the things that contribute to that. But like, when other people notice and like validate your experience and check in with you and make sure that you're like, you're okay. Yeah. That, that is so much more help without, and you don't even really need to do anything, but just like, and if they're okay and they're offended and they say like, mind your own business, then that's fine. Sure. You're like yeah. my bad and you walk away. Yeah. yeah but like, it's tough. kind of, it's kind of better to make sure that someone's okay than to just walk away and leave them thinking that like nobody cares because yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. It, it is hard though. It is, it's, and it can be dangerous to intervene sometimes, oh, but for there sure. are, yeah. there are tips about that on the thing. And, and it's like, it's not, it's not someone's job necessarily as like an, if you're attending a show to like be the police of the show, right. um, yeah. no one's asking you to do that, but like, just, just, you know, if you see someone who seems more vulnerable, like if someone's really intoxicated, just like kind of be aware of that and maybe like keep an eye out or maybe, you know, like talk to someone else about it. And yeah. so there's like a couple of people who are watching out and just, you know, you don't have to do anything necessarily, but you can just kind of, be aware that that mm -hmm. person might might be in more danger than they need to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whatever, yeah. You know? Well, this is. Yeah. I mean, this has been so great. I appreciate you uh, <laughs> taking the time to to walk me through this. I think it's. I, I I find it. I find a lot of this to be enlightening, and and I mean, there's a lot of what you said, and hopefully we can kind of recap later. But um, a lot of what you said is just surprising like you're talking about the stats that you know you went over in this workshop with the men but i mean even just a lot of your experiences and a lot of um some of the things you said have just been pretty enlightening for me so i, I really appreciate it yeah um i appreciate you talking to me and yeah i can talk about more fun stuff <laughs> no you know time. what no it's i think uh i i do think it's important and it's uh yeah, I mean, it is like a, it's unfortunately, it's a dark subject, but it's such a reality. And we're going to be getting back into venues and we're going to be, um, you know, I know, I know there's a lot of like startup venues by different types of organizations, not just um, proprietors of like sellers of alcohol, you know, so mm -hmm. this is a great time to, to talk about it.
Totally. And, you know, you asked if I'm hopeful and I kind of gave a <laughs> not very hopeful answer, but <laughs> I am, I am hopeful that at least with this initiative, we can like start the conversation with other labels and managers and bookers and like, you know, like yeah. everyone could use this kind of thing and they can use it to whatever degree works for them. But like, it is important to think about when you're, when you're, I think, especially in this time when we're like trying, everyone's talking about diversifying and like making sure we're like represent, like that we're well representing, like lots mm -hmm. of diverse voices. We have to make sure that the industry is keeping up with the changes that, that need to take place in order to support those voices. Cause, cause it's not the same needs as, uh, the, the old, right. the old guard, absolutely. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, it's just like, just like we had to adapt to streaming, <laughs> right? you know, like, it's like you figure it out and then, and then now everyone has a Spotify account or whatever, yeah. but like, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you don't think about it, but like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's so you true. Know. Um, yeah, so hopefully we won't have to think about it. Well, we're much, talking you know? about this in end of March in 2020, and you you have a deadline of September 2020 to get this program together. So hopefully, um, let's do like a follow up in the For fall, sure. and uh, just so we can remind people. And I think it's good to have this conversation, and and people can look at the different resources in their neighborhood, in their community, all across the globe. Um, but we'll reconnect when you got more things together, and we'll find out what kind of resources we can steal from you and <laughs> and spread around the world i mean i'm stealing them from other people doing the work too so it's really just like a bunch of people stealing from each other that's great that's awesome to, in order to share well thanks so much for doing this it's been thank this you been great. thank you so much for listening um and thank you to adrian for being a part of this interview and and i thank you for kind of uh, for everyone for just kind of sticking with this um, topic and and um, I don't know if this is the right time for this topic but um, I think it's I think it's really important and I'm excited for when mint comes out with these resources and we're going to link back to them and, and I'm hoping to do a follow-up episode with Adrian uh, in the fall um, where we can kind of um, reconnect and and to kind of uh, bring attention to the resources and, and the and the findings that they come up with in the fall. Thank you again for listening. Please stay in touch. Uh, you can email me at podcast at otherrecordlabels.com and, and visit our website, otherrecordlabels.com when these resources are available. If you're listening to this far in the future, I will have those up on our website. You can also check out Mint Records at mintrex.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>